Hello, beautiful rebel. Sam Goldsmith here and welcome to Her Great Rebellion, the podcast. This is the podcast that delivers the strategy and woo to alchemize your sacred inner rebel, ground you in emotional stability and help you create the freedom you desire from that place. By mastering our mindset, our emotions and our energetics, we create radical movement, heal with sacred medicine and unlock sacred strategies. As you know, this whole season is all about special guests, and I'm so excited to be introducing you today to the creator of the Nourished Foxy Mama Body Love Lifestyle Transformation Program, uh, Dr. Haley O'Neill. I'm going to tell you all about her in just a sec, um, but first let's say hello, and then we'll do our conscious breathing together. Hi, Haley. Hi, Sam. How are you? I'm good. Thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for the opportunity to, um, yeah, discuss things openly with you. Yeah, excited. Amazing. Okay, we'll pop back to you in just a second. But before we do, um, we'll just spend a little bit of time uh, doing our conscious breathing. So if this is your first time listening, or if if you're a frequent listener, you know what to do. But if it's your first time listening, um, I'm just going to ask you to take a few minutes to breathe together before we begin. This is a sacred action that has radically transformed my own life in so many ways. And it's also the way that I start all of my public and and, uh, private work with people. I do it because we're generally so busy. We're running around all day and trying to fit everything in. And we often just even forget the physicality of breathing to breathe into all spaces of our lungs. So we're going to breathe together for that purpose and also to open up some other listening channels within us as we listen to this um, epic episode that we've got planned today. So for now, let's just recognize that our breath and breathing together in this way when we meet is an entry point into a sacred dimension. And it's a moment for us to remember and recognize ourselves as sacred, to open up sacred listening, sacred hearing, sacred feeling and sacred understanding. So wherever you are right now, let's uh, take these breaths together for a few moments. If you're listening in a place where you can close your eyes, then do so. If you're out and about and you can't, that's fine. Just draw your attention inward and bring your attention to your breathing as you're going about whatever it is you're doing. Okay, so let's breathe together now, just taking a breath in through our nose and gently out through our mouths. in through our nose and out through your mouth. Allowing your body to breathe with a natural and easy rhythm. You might notice that some of your breaths are naturally deeper, some more shallow. Notice that as you do this, your body is naturally and gently recalibrating itself to a state of ease. And as that breathing becomes easier, I invite you to connect to your heart, to the energy that you feel around the area of your physical heart when you bring attention to it. And also, if you like, the front and the back of your energetic heart. Breathing here for one or two more breaths. And now giving the heart permission to travel up to the mind and gently quieten it down. Let's allow that quietness now to move over the top of your physical head 
and run down the entire length of your physical body, coating your whole body in a layer of calm. As we continue to gently breathe here, I invite you to sense the energy of the divine being, whatever way that you like to connect to this energetic force that resides within you. Connect to that force now, the one that is underneath this layer of calm that you've created. And breathing here for a moment, give permission for this divine being in whatever manifestation speaks to you, permission to hear, interpret, process and feel anything and everything we talk about today in the perfect way for your highest good and the good of all of those whose lives you impact. Okay, beautiful beings. So as part of this series, I want to bring you stories of unique radical rebellions and share golden nuggets that my guests have mined from their own lived experiences, embodiment of their work and the way that they now share that work to help other women. So I am absolutely delighted to introduce you tonight to Dr. Haley O'Neill. Haley has a PhD in metabolism and obesity research. Uh, she's done five years uh, postdoctoral in dietary and surgical weight loss, understanding why women uh, looking at, at understanding why women struggle to lose weight and keep weight off. I know this is pricking up your ears already. She is also the creator of the Nourished Foxy Mama Body Love Lifestyle Transformation Program. Um, and she's an academic turned mama turned passionate advocate for all things diet, nutrition uh, and work-life balance and now has created a beautiful uh, business around that. Haley resides here with me on the uh, winter warm Gold Coast uh, and her work takes women from exhausted to energized by cutting through diet industry um, BS and decades of misinformation and busyness. So I'm super excited to introduce her and welcome you here. Haley. how are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Sam. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, hello to all your beautiful um, viewers. Thank you. Some busy women. <laughs> yes, they, there is definitely a lot of mamas and a lot of um, a lot of women with a lot of things going on. So I'm sure they're going to love the info that you're going to share with us uh, today. So uh, without any further ado, let's jump in. If you wouldn't mind, Haley, just give us a little bit of an overview of your journey, how you found yourself in this position that you are now where you're helping women in this way, and also a little bit more about how you actually help them with that. Um, lovely sounding program that you've got mm -hmm. yeah well I guess it's um yeah probably not the quite um direct path that I imagined maybe 15 years ago um because I've always been passionate about nutrition diet exercise you know grew up um in the country playing lots of um sport and you know being I guess, driven um, academically as well. I um, always wanted to be either medicine or dietitian or something, you know, around health and wellness, um, particularly, you know, focused on obesity research. And back then when I was um, going through uni, obesity wasn't even classified um, as a disease and, you know, compared to cancer and things like that. So basically... Yeah, I've um, spent quite a bit of time overseas, um, probably five years. I spent three years in Canada doing my PhD um, and 
I guess, yeah, that was the sort of turning point for me when I was about 27, 28, um, thinking, you know, I didn't want to be 50 years old, sort of academic, um, no children, you know, really wanted a bit more of a work-life balance. So, um, yeah, I moved, met um, the father of my children, moved up to, yeah, the Gold Coast and I guess took um, my first postdoc um, up in Brisbane and, yeah, I guess that I, uh, I guess, changed institutes, um, changed fields a little bit, working more in clinical trials, um, you know, working with a lot of women and just seeing sort of their struggles and, you know, really started to, I guess, appreciate the complexity um, of obesity and weight loss struggles and that it's more complex and just exercising more and eating less. And then I guess when I became um, a mother, I've always been a strong believer of, you know, you can have your cake and eat it too, um, you know, have the career um, be a mom, you know, have everything. And I guess um, I really sort of got a big shock with my first. Um, he was very active, didn't sleep very well. Um, all the things that I guess I had imagined um, things to be, they weren't um, really struggled with exhaustion, energy. Um, and then, yeah, when my first was three months old, um, I was pregnant again. So um, they're only a year and a week apart. So, um, yep. yeah, so I guess um, I guess it comes down to that support structure, um, relationships and partnerships and the classical traditional um, expectation that women do it all, uh, maintain the house, look after the kids, get up in the middle of the night all this sort of stuff and I guess not having much family support um just struggled quite a bit and then obviously had the second um you know I guess in an abusive relationship really so um sort of I guess some events happened there that you know triggered triggered postnatal depression for me and then I ended up um yeah I guess left that relationship when my youngest was 18 months um and it wasn't you know it was I guess a matter of safety for me um but you know my own journey and you know the support I had from other women um and really changed I guess the way that I think we're conditioned to believe that we have to put everyone else first have to you know, um, put our children first, you know, and, and then, you know, I'd get sick and then there'd be no one to look after my kids or myself. And that's when that really changed and I have to sort of, I guess, protect my energy. Um, you know, those around me really do things that were nourishing for me and not, you know, drop the mama guilts and it's not being selfish, you know, going for a massage or, you know, going back to work or putting your kids in childcare. Um, you know, I had to change my way of living as well because I didn't have, you know, taking two little kids to try and do exercise or, you know, they're fussy eaters and that that all sort of changes. And, um, you know, so I guess um, it's been a bit of like my uh, kids are four and five now. So it's probably been the last two years that I've really 
know, step more into my power and just thought, fuck, if I'm struggling, you know, if I've struggled through this journey, um, I've always considered myself quite independent and resilient. Um, I guess fortunate enough that I, you know, did have a good career, but that even, I guess, um, you know, was hard to maintain at the level that I, you know, um, had before children. So, you know, and then obviously the my work that I do, um, you know, I guess my strength is being approachable and personable and stuff with women, really thinking there has to be a better way, you know, misinformation, you know, we, we feel like a failure, we're not good enough, not worthy, not strong enough. And, you know, I can change this and that's why I'm doing, you know, what I'm doing. That's, you know, for me, really activating my voice and, you know, I was told to shut up and all this, you know, previously and I really was quite blocked with speaking up the truth of what had been going on for me and my struggles and that's, you know, why I try and be quite transparent and honest with, you know, beautiful women and, you know, um, to say that you're not alone, you are supported, um, you know, let's support each other and, you know, don't feel ashamed or like you're a failure if you're struggling um, and things like that. So that's what's, you know, led me, I guess, to um, Nourish Foxy Mama program, which is a four-month program which encompasses everything from education, self-care, setting boundaries, nutrition, meal plans. Like it's all very simple, like weight loss, really in-depth um, tracking, everything from eating behaviour to mood to gut health, um, plant-based nutrition, you know. So it's really like, a, I guess, a four-stage um, four stage process um, in the program where we go, you know, it's a complete rewiring and transformation of old beliefs and, you know, really quite tri- can be quite triggering for some women because they don't associate their weight struggles with certain events that have happened in their lives. So, um, yeah, I think the main thing is that support and guidance and um, personalised um, approach because it's not a one-size-fits-all, you know. What might work for someone else doesn't work for another. So, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's such a powerful message to be sharing as, you know, such an accomplished, high-achieving, amazing lady to be transparent and to share your story and the truths of of your struggle I think is just so powerful because we are still I don't know if it's getting getting better or worse because you know my own um, community is very structured in a certain way and we have conversations Mm -hmm. in a certain way and you probably do as well but I think by and large the world that our um that most of the women who come initially to to our work anyway is still very you know, social media orientated, Instagram, mm-hmm. Instagram mum, you know, like, look at me, I'm doing yeah. everything, everything's easy, plus I've lost oh. all this weight and, you know, I can, I always make jokes about yoga profiles, which I probably shouldn't, but it's, you know, like I can balance no, a coffee on my toenail while I do this. And, yeah. You know, that's just not the reality of what mums are experiencing predominantly and it's you know some are and that's great as well but it's really compounding that isolation that you're describing through your story yeah absolutely and that's the thing that like even 
you know, I think I've even working at the moment through, um, you know, a bit of a transformation myself with that external judgment and, you know, um, com- you know, comparing or getting external validation for, you know, your decisions you're making or, you know, being sometimes with, oh, you know, your, your energy is not up there or you're feeling a bit flat or, you know, and then you don't show up consistently. But it's like, no, well, this goes against everything I'm trying to do here is that, you know, like we have we have shit times and, and it's okay. And, you know, I don't want to give people this false sense of, um, you know, it's like the unspoken truths amongst mothers and we're like almost embarrassed to get up and say you know um shit things that we've done or the you know mama meltdown or where you (laughs) really lost it to actually speak about this it's normal it's okay and sometimes you just need to hear that to you know think you know we're all in it together and we're all doing you know the best that we can do and and it's okay to you know not be bloody perfect all the time because yeah, that's the reality of it. It's just not not like that. Maybe for some people, but um, for I know a lot, um, you know, do find it challenging, especially those high achieving sort of women, um, you know, that have been previously very career driven. Driven. Some of them really find it hard to adapt to um, this new life. I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's you know just what you were mentioning about your personal um, transformation at the moment around how you're showing up and things like that. We talk about that frequently on this podcast and, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's really um, important for people to hear the truth of what it's like being, you know, in your case here talking about mums and incorporating mm-hmm. this stuff, but being an entrepreneur or being a business owner or doing these things, it's not that everybody has this unlimited, amazing um, energy where they can do all these things day after day, but you can seek support from mm-hmm. uh, a mentor or an expert in that area that you are struggling with to create those um, masculine structures that can hold you when you're not feeling good about doing those things and also give you that um, capacity to be more wild and free in the feminine energy when mm-hmm. when we need to be as well so it's it's so good that um that you've zoned in on this particular area for these women so this leads me really nicely to ask you about specifically what was or how what do you feel is the most rebellious aspect of this journey that you've been on or this work that you're bringing forward Probably the most um, rebellious, um, I guess, is going against the norms. Like I've always been quite a, uh, I guess, a th- like to push the boundaries, burn the candle at both ends. You know, when I was at uni, balancing, you know, going out and social life with um, work and study and things like that. So, um, you know, being curious, um, I guess. So the the most. Um, yeah, I think it's having my voice and owning my voice, um, going against the norms, you know, obviously very, you know, professional, academic route. And even sometimes now, I'm like, oh, that was sort of, I was very private in terms of I wouldn't post, you know, photos or, you know, posts checking in and stuff on like Facebook and Instagram and photos of my children and sharing, you know, personal things on social media. So that was... Um, you know, actually took me quite a while to 
get to doing lives and stuff within my group because I, I realized it was a fear of failure, you know, like how I was looking and how, you know, I was sort of showing up and I would get all ready to do it. And I just couldn't, couldn't hit that live button and to share story. So I think it's like, you know, I say it's like the bucket approach. It's like, well, if I'm, you know, putting on this fake thing or dancing around, you know, the, the topic, like it's, it's not about just a low calorie meal plan or counting macros or something like that. Like nourish what's your mama means like everything in terms of nourishing from food to self-care to, you know, actually taking back control with your life, speaking up about, you know, um, things that are unacceptable, um, you know, being transparent, not giving a shit what others think like this is my story and people need to hear it because so I can you know someone else doesn't have to go through what I've been through and yeah obviously it is challenging at times um you know but I just I guess yeah that that was really even stepping out of academia to um run like a co-founder company which we did like plant-based supplements and stuff so that's all like risk and rebellion because it's um you know and getting out and just sharing facts and um bio you know not having to reference everything and be so academic and just um be really creative like I've really sort of love that um it is yeah I'm so glad you mentioned that um, stepping away from the academic life because you know in uh, on this podcast we talk about rebellion being like um it's not a um like a fight or you know saying you know fuck you to anybody or anything Mm -hmm. like that it's more Mm -hmm. about an elevation of self that steps Mm -hmm. into this like creative archetype where you get to be in control Mm -hmm. of what happens in your world and um I resonate so much with you sharing that because I have an academic background as well and Mm -hmm. um, one of the big fears for me when I stepped into my own business was one being like identified as very you know like I'm very high achieving in this area I've got all the things and all the um Mm. the accolades that go with it and then you go into this other world where you don't have any of that sort of kudos attached to you and then also there's a lot of backlash from those professional environments where like you said you know you're speaking about something that maybe doesn't have research and you know, in, in one area, research might be really important. In another area, someone's experience of their life is far more valid than any other yeah. document. And it's know. just, yeah, like show, you know, show them that you know them, like your audience. And, you know, you know I think the problem is as well, sometimes with research, you know, academics or research, we don't know how to communicate that in plain English to the community. And, um, as such your research and your findings don't get out there so really just it doesn't have to be perfect and just to show up and share little snippets not so technical talk you know a bit about the emotional side as well so that was I guess yeah I felt it really sort of risky and even you know there are you know a lot of women and other academics that think oh it's wonderful what I'm doing and then there's others that are like oh you know um, I had a comment it wasn't about me or you you know that such and such as or oh, life coach or whatever you know like it's just so it's just I guess the mindset but it's I think um people's own fears right of um having the courage to step out of their comfort zone um 
And yeah, I think everyone, I think now like looking back, it's like, well, everyone's pathways um, unique to themselves and it's just having the courage to try new things. Um, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just circling back yeah. to that, um, that point that you just shared, like I have found in my own work with women that it's often the most high achieving and um, quote unquote sort of successful and, you know, peak um, career women that have really struggled to actually understand themselves and have the courage to express what they really want. So they're actually dreaming small because Mm -hmm. it's um, fear provoking to step outside of that. So I have received those type of comments as well Mm -hmm. about, you know, Mm -hmm. eye rolls about life coaching and fair enough, you know, like it is a bit there, you know, it's different. Um, Whoever you're working with is obviously different and people have different experiences of it. But Mm -hmm. so much of what we do as women is really, out of an avoidance of um, of disappointment rather than mm-hmm. what we really, really want in our heart and what we know is going to mm-hmm. nourish us. So I think mm-hmm. we have to take those kind of comments with, with a grain of salt. So tell me. That's yeah. why, oh, so I was just going to yeah. say, that's why you're getting like, you know, I know in academia after like PhD and stuff, it's like 34, 36, they all start to sort of drop off. And then, you know, most women, like around 40 to 45, 50, they're approaching burnout um, from trying to, you know, do it all, ignoring your body, you know, this, the, the, the demands. Um, so I don't know. I think we need to be a bit more smarter in looking after ourselves yeah yeah definitely and speaking of that tell me a little bit about um how you view women as unique and I'm really interested to hear about your views around that um you know letting go of that cookie cutter approach to weight loss or just Mm -hmm. eat less or exercise more or do Mm -hmm. this do that sort of stuff so what's actually going on with women's bodies that's making this need to look at everybody as a unique person so important mm-hmm. yeah well it starts with you know if you want to start by comparing men versus women like our hormones we have a menstrual cycle our energy requirements are different um throughout different stages of our cycle for example before our period our energy demands are higher during our period you know we've got a lower great inflammatory response so you know like avoiding inflammatory foods having more anti-inflammatory foods um, are beneficial but we also don't want to be like in energy restriction this is my personal opinion when you um uh, uh, during your period when you're you know you're wanting that more energy food it's already a bit of a stress um sort of on your your body so that's one um point um to consider um other things are with our um approaches for example i'll start with just comparing men versus women like our the common intermittent um dieting approach or intermittent fasting approach um you know men versus women like it's not um there's some evidence scientific evidence around this that um skipping breakfast and fasting in the morning can really um be more harmful for our menstrual cycle and reproductive health so that's just giving some examples with that and then 
When you look at um, the multiple components, and this is an area I was really um, moving into and I didn't get a um, big government grant, which, you know, sort of forced and then COVID hit, forced me into um, this new um, venture. But I was looking at um, individual variability. So meaning, you know, what's, you know, the difference between me versus you, Sam, versus someone some another woman in why why don't doesn't everyone lose the same amount of weight why don't you get the same degree of health benefits um so you know this is called like personalized medicine and using um i guess combining my expertise in metabolism um, a lot of stuff around muscle and um, fat and taking a range of different biospecimens you know genetic testing things like that if we can start piecing together you know individuals unique sort of profile because we are all created different so we've got that sort of bio biology and then you know uh, eating behavior or appetite it's you know hormones or things things like that, which really, um, I guess, a kickstart when you start to sort of lose weight and restrict your calories, you get all these changes that occur in the body. And some can persist up to months after, you know, you stop dieting or restricting your calories. So, you know, what are the differences in, say, eating behavior versus psychology, like mood, like where, you know, um, stress, anxiety, depression, um, you know, these are some of the things you need to take into consideration, you know, social support and relationships, um, you know, your relationship with food, um, family beliefs, like all, all these sort of things, right? You can start really um, unpacking it. And then I guess, you know, for example, when you become a mom or you're a busy woman, um, where most people like I really believe that it doesn't matter what diet you do if it's not sustainable if it's not flexible you're going to fail every time without that support like there's evidence around that if you don't have that support and guidance um I think it's like even as little as eight percent loss in body weight um you'll regain it within two to five years um and I think so, you know, it is it is complex and, you know, in order to lose weight, obviously we need to restrict our calories. Um, some people try and do it through exercising more. I don't think that's as sustainable because you just can't create that sort of deficit in energy consistently day after day by, you know, doing exercise alone. So I really think diet is at least, you know, 80 to 90% of the issues um and I guess the other thing as well is you don't want to be um, excluded at dinner time you know if you've got a busy family you don't want to be eating something you know completely different to um, the rest of your family because for most people dinner time is a social time so I know a lot of my clients when they come to me they're either skipping meals you know women we skip breakfast we don't eat much for the day we might live off coffee or those snack bars and then you know feel really low in energy in the afternoon and then come dinner time, we sort of eat everything inside or we eat our allocated salad or whatever. And then we end up eating what you've prepared for the rest of, um, you know, the family as well. And another thing, I guess, as well around that, I'm probably talking quite technical here. I just, you know, my whole thing is just cut through the BS and tell you what yes, works. Yes, please do. 
and yeah, what works and what doesn't work and why not. And, um, you know, through over the last few decades, we've evolved that we're consuming food, um, you know, really frequently throughout the day. We're like basically grazing all through the day and then um, into the night. So we're not allowing our body to sort of um, rest in between, um, you know, and all our hormones basically, they're not just stable the whole time. For example, cortisol, um, serotonin, melatonin, like even insulin, um, which regulates blood sugar levels, these all change throughout the day in response to um, predominantly food, um, but also our sort of light-dark cycle, so morning and um, evening. And, you know, a lot of uh, focus around gut health these days and with most um, women, you know, I think like 80% we don't consume enough fibre. Um, a lot of us complain of gas, bloating, constipation, um, you know, things like that. And this is all linked to mood as well. Um, you know, fibre is really important for moving toxins through, you know, preventing build up of estrogen, you know, supporting mood, energy levels, um, blood sugar levels, things like that. So, you know, that's all the sort of technical side of things. So, you know, for just like a one size fits all, um, someone who's probably, you know, even like night shift or, uh, you know, depending on how many children you have, um, you know, also what, what you like to do. Like if you're going to do a diet, if you like cheese and biscuits or having that glass of wine um and you know or chocolate or whatever like to cut that out completely is just ridiculous because you you don't want to have good or bad foods like you want to have a broad range um understand why some foods are better than others um you know in terms of preventing disease supporting weight loss and you know really simple strategies um you know, I create a heap of cheat sheets and stuff for my um, clients. So visually they can just see, well, oh, oh my goodness, I can have, you know, chocolate or I can have cheese or I can eat, you know, whatever without being, you know, indulging sort of guilt-free. Um, so uh, yeah, it's so important, you know, like yeah, even just yeah. having this focus on creating a life that we get to enjoy the process of living um you know it speaks to what you're what you're sharing there it's like it's not mm -hmm. sustainable to be punishing yourself in this way you know like if it's really important for you to have chocolate how can you find a way to have it but maybe mm -hmm. something else has to be adjusted and the benefit of having somebody who's sort of expert in in that area I think is is great so um oh, we could have such an interesting discussion we're probably gonna have to have a coffee because I'm like this is so interesting I teach about um self-attunement and life by refinement and even human design to inform people's eating patterns and that's what I do myself yes. um and so it's like um there's so many interesting little uh, rabbit holes that we could go down around mm -hmm. applying mm -hmm. all of this but anyway that's for another day um yes. what I would really love to hear about so you talked about like you know there's real reasons why one size fits all doesn't work for women like there's real legitimate and scientific reasons for that so Another thing I love to talk about is how we can't compartmentalize our lives. So, you know, we can't think that how we do one thing is going to be vastly different to how we do another. It's all sort of mm -hmm. um, interconnected. interconnected with this mm -hmm. undercurrent. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what I'd love to hear about is 
um, what challenges do you see women facing when they start to, when they come to you and they're ready to make these changes and embrace the work and all of that sort of stuff? What happens um, emotionally for them when they, they start doing this maybe at first physically, you know, they perceive it to be a physical job of losing weight or what have you. Mm -hmm. What's the emotional component? Yeah, it's probably, it's a big one. And like I I find it can be quite triggering for a lot of women because, you know, fear of failure, um, you know, other programs have failed previously. How's this one going to be different? Or I used to, you know, there might've been, someone who's restricted or yo-yo dieted their whole life and this whole fixation on food or obsession and that control really can be quite triggering that they don't want to go back there and so um a lot does come up when you start unpacking it. Well, I just want to lose weight and blah, but then it's, you know, social anxiety. They don't want to go out anymore. They don't want to look in the mirror. They don't want to go to the shops. They, you know, the intimacy with their partners, confidence, just, you know, apply or for a new job or leave their um, previous one. You know, there's, there's so much that, um, you know, comes with that. It's a huge emotional com- component. Um, and then once they, they start in the program, so that's that's sort of the biggest biggest thing. And then, you know, I guess calling women on their bullshit as well because, yes, it can be triggering. The fear, the fear comes up as well. Um, and, yes, you have to be ready and it can be sometimes really a scary thing to try something new because, obviously, that fear. But um, I think really is key to have that support. Like I provide um, 24 sort of seven um, Facebook Messenger support for my clients um, throughout the duration of the program, checking in, you know, we're logging everything, what things are coming up around. It doesn't even have to be food, um, work, um, and, you know, getting back to that interconnectedness, like we're you know, dieting or sticking to a certain routine might fall down is when, you know, life stresses get in the way, you know, you, your child gets sick, you have to work extra shifts at work, um, you know, relationship issues, um, you know, you're not um, going for a massage or having time out for yourself and everything starts to um, merge into one. So, um, and, and I guess that thing of, you know, I'm sick of being stuck in this um, slump with my energy and with my life and I just want some, you know, balance and, you know, don't want to be having these ups and downs. And, you know, there's a, there's a lot that I unpack with my clients even before we start because I offer a um, free 30-minute sort of consult um, at the start and then we can go into like a a deeper sort of strategy session but I'm sort of covering all this stuff sleep patterns and um you know bowel movements like you know everything basically so like I would say the emotional component is pretty um pretty high and also when you're making change um you know the anxiety of having to do everything perfect and oh you know the excuses I'm not good at multitasking or I'm no good at this I'm not competent in the kitchen or you know there's so many 
excuses and things that um, sort of come up that are legitimate. I get, you know, busyness and, you know, to think, oh my goodness, overwhelming to be, you know, doing all this stuff. And that's why the program is really easy, um, I think, and simple. The recipes aren't complex. You know, um, I I get um, life stresses and things that do come up, but sometimes you just need someone to say, you know what, it's it's okay that this this is good, that this stuff's coming up because it means, you know, it's an area that we can work on and so you can grow and develop further. So, you know, if these things aren't activated, if they don't come up, then, you know, um, it's harder to change if that makes sense. So, yeah. All right. Well, we've been talking for already 49 minutes. It's gone so fast. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to share some little take-home messages for um, people listening. So given everything we've talked about tonight, if there's people who are listening that are wanting to implement some kind of change, uh, whether it's in their life or specifically related to their health or their diet diet requirements, what would be your top three tips for them to implement? Okay, so the first one would be to nourish yourself from the inside out. So, you know, and just simple simple changes, like it doesn't have to be like you, you change everything in your diet, just, you know, it might be like drink you know, water, two litres of water each day might be invested in a really good, um, you know, protein supplement that's not full of, full of fillers and all that sort of stuff, you know, making sure you're getting a variety of um, vegetables, um, make sure you're taking that time out to rest when you do feel exhausted um, and not ignore it. Um, you know, we're quite intuitive. So so definitely nourishment, you know, mind, body and soul um, is super important. Um, the second one would be, which I've learned, you know, is love yourself before others. And this does go against, you know, our sort of traditional conditioning, you know, we're being told that you're selfish if you do that or, you know, um, whatever else but I I really find you know in order for you to serve others your family relationships your children you really need to love yourself first um, nourish yourself first um, you know tap into what you're really um, needing um, for your body and don't don't feel guilty about um, taking time out and doing something for yourself so and the third thing would be um boundaries in all aspects of your life in order to protect your energy so I know a lot of women feel depleted lacking in energy completely exhausted um depleted and you know when you really start looking at each aspect of their life whether it be health career relationships or finance um you know, we, we settle for less than we deserve, really. Um, and when you start, uh, I guess, setting those boundaries, so it might be like I'm not going to work um, for a certain amount of money, you know, or hour or whatever. I'm not going to work overtime for free. I'm not going to answer calls after hours related to work. Um, you know, relationships might be I'm not going to um you know, uh, sacrifice time for myself, um, you know, for others, uh, you know, health, it might be just simple things around, um, 
you know, eating processed foods or, you know, doing a five-minute morning ritual or something like that. So, yeah, definitely nourishing yourself, loving yourself before others and boundaries. They're, they're my three, I think, winners that are super Three foundations. excellent ones. Yeah. 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 yeah, three excellent ones. Um, what was really coming through to me when you were speaking there in the um, when you were talking about you know women's ideas around loving themselves and what that means and those mm-hmm. ideas of selfishness and things that are really easy to um, to crop up for women. It was just coming through to me as you were speaking that that even that exploration of what it means to love yourself first is so important because mm-hmm. loving yourself in relation to your work could be, you know, understanding that this is really actually nourishing for you and it holds so mm-hmm. much benefit and loving yourself could be holding yourself to account for that week mm-hmm. and doing the work or, you know, eating the, the meal plan or whatever it is. It doesn't have to mm-hmm. be something that's easy. It can still be mm-hmm. something that's challenging, but it's choosing absolutely. ourselves. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Haley. Well, we've come to the end of our time. Thank you so much for um, sharing time with us today and taking time out of your busy uh, day or evening to, to chat here on the podcast. Do you have anywhere in particular that you would like to direct listeners to, any opt-ins, any freebies or any specific yes. place you like to hang out? Yeah, so um, I have a private um, Facebook group called Nourish Foxy Mama, so that's probably the best one. And I have um, a few um, opt-ins. I've got a diet secrets guide, which basically the pros and cons of all the current diet fads and what the scientific evidence is around that. I've also just launched um, the Sexy Mama Makeover Starter Kit, which com- comprises of three modules, um, module one, two, and three, which is mind, body, and soul. And I include like free meal plan and, you know, all my top juicy tips for, you know, how to keep um, reduce cravings. So, you, you know, stops you from eating a bucket of ice cream at the end of the day, basically. So um, they're all accessible um, within my private Facebook group. Um, yeah, or you can happy to um, direct, DM me um, or reach out and I can, you know, chat further. You know, I love to just hear what women are struggling with or what they're wanting more information on. I do a lot of educational lives in my group um, as well, not just around nutrition, but, you know, mood and hormones and, yeah, lots of different things. So that's probably the best, best place to send beautiful women. Amazing. And I'll also share all of your different links um, Mm -hmm. on social media when this uh, episode goes out and to anybody who's on my mailing list will get um, an episode release as well with all of your links and contact details. All right. Well, thank you so much. Um, Everybody else, thank you for listening this season. We're so looking forward to sharing with you many more guest insights it's really exciting to be hearing from amazing powerful women all over the world and um, if you've enjoyed the episode please feel free to subscribe even if you haven't enjoyed it I would love you to write me a review I don't mind if it's bad Uh, any reviews help to uh, activate the algorithm that potentially exposes the podcast to more people so I would love it if you would do that 
if you haven't already done so, you can jump over to my website, www.samanthagoldsmith.com. There's some freebies that you can download there, a guided meditation. And you can also now visit Amazon for a copy of my book, Code Rate Rebellion. And also just want to send a shout out that the Rebel Life Bootcamp has now transformed into a six-month immersion. So if you're ready to achieve radical results and experience all of the freedom that you desire from this grounded place of emotional stability, then jump on the website and all of the details are there for lifetime access uh, to that program and all the materials and community that will support you with that. Until then, uh, sit deep, live radically, and do you, my sovereign sister. I will see you in a fortnight. 